It is March. The year is rolling. The years may be rolling for some of you guys. God is faithful and good in all the years. It is a crazy world we live in, though. It is a fast-paced world, a crazy world. Because we have phones and information is constant at us, it can be a bit of an unsettling world. I don't know about you, but I am... I would need a statistician, babe. Maybe you could do this. I'm going to believe it's 100 to 1 negative news to positive news I'm a, that, you, that comes through your phone and through your TV, through your feeds. I'm going to say 100 to 1 negative to positive. Is that about right? That's probably conservative, isn't it? That's conservative. So we need to make sure we have a biblical worldview that we are close to our Lord and Savior, specifically the way he thinks about, the way he understands, the way he has given us rest. If I could bottle rest up, I would, we'd be rich quick, wouldn't we? The Bible has a lot to say about this. We're going to start a new series today on rest. Not so much um, Sabbath, the day. Sabbath means rest, not Sunday. It means to rest or to cease. Not so much about the day, but about the attitude and the nature of God, which is at rest. In fact, the first time rest, the first two times or three times the Bible uses rest, which we're going to say today, it's not talking about anyone except God. It's talking about him and his nature and who he is. I want some of that. Amen? And we have it through Christ. So turn in your Bible to Genesis 2, or swipe your app. Now, usually we think some people have it and some people don't. Some people can just rest anywhere. They're cool. They're calm, collective, and we're just on pins and needles. Or some people, don't you hate the people who can just sleep anywhere, anytime, no matter what? Doesn't matter what happened to it, boom, they're out. And you're tossing and turning and you're taking a pill. And you're like, oh my goodness, yeah. Or you wake up at three in the morning, yes. There are just certain people who have it. I'm going to show you these people. Now there's tears of it. This guy, he's got it. He has got it. How in the world? Now, I don't know if that's a stone or what that is on his neck, but he has found a way to rest. Let's look at this other one. This guy, too. He is not, he's not dead, I promise. I would not show pictures. There are young people here. Pictures of dead people. He's asleep. <laughs> I don't know if that's the, the, the best choice for a place to sleep, but he's asleep. He's enjoying it. But, but people, adults, we don't have, we're not the kings. We don't have the market cornered on rest. Um, these creatures definitely are up there. They, they, they really know how to do it. They know how to sleep. And then their companion slash enemy, they know how to do it. Actually, I know someone who looks exactly like that when they sleep. They will remain anonymous. <laughs> but yet animals do not hold all the cards on this one. There is one creature above all God's creation that has the greatest power, almost supernatural to sleep anytime, anywhere, in any way, and I know what I'm talking about. Come on. When you live carefree like a little child, that's why Jesus said, come to me like a child, because you better sleep like that. that. That's lightweight. Let's see the next one. I don't know where she got the other boot from. She's wearing two, but she's sleeping on a boot, and it's different from the other boot. I look at this picture for like an hour trying to figure out where did that other boot come from? <laughs> that's the double 
That, that's my favorite. Honestly. <laughs> I contemplated showing that like, uh, I mean, come on. That, they, I don't know if these people are related, but I'm assuming they have to be. That's a genetic trait. Just to, boom, they better be out like that. Uh, <laughs> oh, that was the, oh, oh no, on the dog food. So sweet. I tell you who's the happiest. Not that little kid. The parents. You know it. Come on. <laughs> and this one, you know what? I did so much work getting up here. I'm just going to stay. I'm just going to stay there. That TV's warm. There's a nice little hum going on there. Out. That is a beautiful picture of rest. That's the place God wants us to be. Body mind and spirit, body, mind, and spirit. This is going to be a several-week series, so we're going to get in all the details. But for this week, we have to focus on the nature of God because all things flow from Him. Is that correct? All things were made by Him and for Him. Nothing exists without Him. And all goodness, all righteousness flows from Him. So we must go to Him to understand this. Genesis 2 We're going to read uh, 1 through 3. Six days God has been creating a universe still we have begun to scratch the surface on. There are still parts of this planet that have not been explored, even in our technologically advanced society, especially in the depths of the ocean. So he has been speaking and producing and creating for six days. Verse 1, Thus the heavens and the earth and all the hosts of them were finished, And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. Rest, the first time we see it in the Bible, it's not an accident, is compartmentalized in the person of God, in the Godhead. We don't see it in creation first. First, it's His. It is an attribute that He owns. He's got the patent on it, right? So we need to understand that's the nature of our Savior. So let's break this down a little bit. Verse 1 says, Thus the heavens and the earth... Thus the heavens and the earth and all the hosts of them were finished. That's very important words. If you're new with us, you need to know there are no unnecessary details in the Bible. Look at someone and say, no unnecessary details. None. Were finished. I like finished. I love when the dishes are finished. When the bedtime routine is done, which we like, but it's like over an hour in our house. You start a movie, we're still trying to put kids down when the movie's over and the credits are running. I love when all the kids are asleep. It's finished. Praise God. Don't you love that? I love when the job is complete. The to-do list is done. Everything is finished. Is that not a wonderful state That is a wonderful state. That is the state we first hear the word rested in. You know, I read the the creation story all the time, and I think, man, I wish there were more details. Like, what else was going on there? What else was going on with the angels and other uh, creatures? And and we have all everything we, we need to understand, but 
The creation story is not just in Genesis. It's throughout all the Bible. And in fact, a major part of creation, what's going on with the host thereof, with all the other created beings, what's going on with them, actually God tells us in the book of Job. Not Job, God. So if we go to the end of the book of Job, let's see what's going on with that finished product. Let's see what is the reaction to all these other hosts with that finished product. So you know the long story of Job. Well, finally, (laughs) you ever have someone who just has to unload on you? They're like emotionally going to vomit on you, and you're like, you know what? They just need this today. That's what Job is for 37 chapters. Just, I've got to get this. I don't understand. I'm upset. I, God is loving and patient enough to say, you know what? I can handle this. So he just lets Job talk. And then he lets these other people talk, even though it's kind of off and they say some things right and some things wrong. So chapter after chapter, finally, after God knows that Job is done, God is going to open his mouth. And we'll read Job 38, 4 through 7. He's talking to Job. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurement? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? To what were the foundations fastened? And who laid its cornerstones when the morning star sang together? And all the host of God did what at creation? There is a big puzzle piece to creation. Job is a very old book about Genesis 6. What was going on? You, know, you think about creation. You see the little super book stories or all those things. It's, it's like, can you give me a little more? Now with technology, it's getting better. You know, they can add a little bit and a little 4K and some better sound and stuff. But think about this at creation. When he said, we're finished, all the host in glorious orchestration. Imagine like a great symphony going up to its crescendo. When he said it is finished and he finally stopped breathing out and the word rested means to breathe in. God doesn't get tired. I know in our thoughts, wait, does the omnipotent God get tired? No. He breathes in from six days of proclaiming out, creating all creation, and everyone proclaims joyous celebration. So we need to understand the joyous, loud, celebrating picture right here in the book of Job that shows us more about Genesis. Number one in your notes. Before we can start thinking about rest, we need to see the picture. Joy is our response to his completion. Joy is our response to his completion. We have to understand the picture and to see the completed work of God before we can rest. The kids are restless until dinner's done. And then when it's over and it's set and it's before them, they actually are quiet for like three and a half minutes, right? Two and a half if they eat really fast. This is the picture of creation. It's joy is our response. We see the completed perfect work of God and all of heaven responds and all the sons of God shouted for joy. 
all the creatures. We don't even know how many that is. We don't know how big it is, but it must be so grand. So this is kind of the picture there. Let me explain. I'm not there yet. I'm going to need some help from somebody. Okay. Who in here owns their house free and clear? It is to oh, pray for us. Come on. Come, uh, young people, come up with me. And <laughs> what? Let me ask you a question. So that's a 20-year, that's a 30-year job, right? Some of you. When you paid that last note, the final one, did you just, no, paid it off? No, no big deal. No. Even though you may have a sore back or your knees aren't as strong as they used to be. Come on, did you dance? Was there a jig going on when you paid off that last one? When it was complete and final and done and everything about it was yours? That's the picture we see here. It precedes the rest of God. In completion, when we see the completed work, now we can see rest and have rest. You cannot have rest until you see the completed work. You don't have rest with your home until the mortgage is fully paid off, until that car is yours. Amen? So here's the picture right here. I'm going to show you something in John 19, something I didn't really realize. So this is the first creation. Then we have the fall and we know the story. Let's go to the next time God is going to do a miraculous creation when he takes people who are dead in their sins and trespasses and he makes them alive. John 19, 28. After this, this is our Savior on the cross. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished. That sounds like Genesis 2, doesn't it? That the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Now a vessel of sour wine was sitting there. Just so you know, and you're not confused about this, when it says, I thirst, in Mark 15, that was um, a painkiller mixed with, it wasn't this, this is a different drink. At he, what happened was, they wanted to give him this thing that dulled his mind and he refused it remember he wouldn't take it they tried to give it to him this is we have fast forwarded right before his death and then this drink is actually what they give to the um the guards it was the roman guards drink why does he refuse the drink at the beginning and take this one now i I don't understand because he's parched and dry and right before someone's going to say something of magnanimous proportion I did not know I'd use that word in service, magnanimous. I'm not even sure what it means. I'm joking. Right before he has to speak very clearly in his humanity, he has to get his lips wet and his moisture in his body so he can very clearly proclaim, and they filled the sponge with sour wine, put it on hyssop. If you remember, hyssop was what they did the Passover with when they put the blood on the doorposts and put it to his mouth. So when Jesus had received it, the sour wine, now that he can clearly proclaim something, just like he did in Genesis 2, he's going to say, it is finished. It's the same thought. It's the same picture of completion. It is finished and bowing his head, he gave up the spirit. No man took his life He laid it down. 
So joy is our response to his completion. Let me tell you what this word means. It is finished. So in, uh, in, in Greek that this was written in, there's two ways you can say this. It is finished means to finish or to pay something in full. He literally could have said it's paid in full. That's what he said when he hung on the cross. It's paid in full. Paid. The second meaning to this, the other side of the coin, is it's finished. If you change one letter in the Greek, it's finished like the race is over. I've completed it. It is actually, you know, this was a very big sports culture that that this was written in. You know, marathons and racing at the whole uh, um, Colosseum and all that stuff. When a runner would cross the line, they would actually say a word that was almost exact to these words. It is the same word Paul used in um, 2 Timothy when he says, I have fought the good fa- the fight, I have finished the race. It means what, it's what the runners say when they cross the finish line. That's the picture there. So why is our joy so full? Why are we supposed to be joyful? Because we see the completed work of Christ at creation. We see the perfect completed work of our salvation. And now we can have joy in all of this. Now we understand the picture a little bit better. All right. You know, when we think about Christ on the cross, when I, when I do, you think about the suffering servant, and he was. But the words it is finished was a victory statement. It was a statement of I have paid it in full. I have crossed the finish line. It's done. It's complete. Now we can have joy in his completion. We had joy in creation, and the angels proclaimed it. And we should be shouting even louder that we who are dead in our sins and trespasses have been made alive in him. We who who are far from God aliens have been adopted as sons and daughters, and we have joy in his completed work. All right. Let's go back to Genesis and get into our rest. That was the end. That's a long intro to get to rest, huh? But we have to understand the work or there's no rest. We have to understand the work or there's no rest. All right, verse 2, Genesis 2, 2. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done, and he rested. It's the first time we see the word in the Bible. Rested. On the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Let me tell you what is an attribute of God. It he owns it. It's his. It's the atmosphere of heaven, right? There's an atmosphere everywhere we go. At work, in our home, in our cars. Where we are, there, there's just a culture, right? There's an atmosphere. Contentment, completion is such an atmosphere of heaven and of our Creator. And we need to understand that because that's the picture here. It says, on the seventh day, he stepped back from speaking out and he took a breath. It was completed. It, he was complete, content, and rested. And that's number two on your notes. Contentment is the attitude of our Creator. I'm so glad 
he has this attitude. I'm so glad he has this attribute. This was an attribute of the early church. I was doing some research. So let me show you a picture here. And it's very familiar. I don't mean it to be morbid. Do you know what that means? What is that? In peace. Yes. So that started showing up around the 8th century in Europe. It has many variations thereof, but it became very popular in the Wild West expansion in the 1800s of the U.S. And that's why you see it lots of times in Westerns and movies and all that. It became real popular. It was just a big fad. It's not as popular anymore, but everyone knows what it is still. This actually goes back to the early church, and I didn't know this. You can find in the first century, very early, the first century, John, the apostle John, lived pretty much the whole first century. You can find ascribed on Christians' tombs the statement, may not get my Greek wrong, dormant in peace, he sleeps in peace which is where this statement comes from. You know how statements evolve a little bit over time in history? That's what it is. The early church had the attitude, and that's the shortened version. The longer version is, they died in the peace of the church united with Christ. That's the whole picture. The early church, now think about the culture. Rome occupation. Nero's going to sack the temple, the desecration. Um, 70 A.D., you're going to have wars and fighting. The church is going to be dispersed all over the place. It was, not a, it was a volatile time. That's all you need to understand. It's a volatile time. But the church and God's people are not existing in volatility. In fact, they have great peace. They have great rest because the culture of God's people supersedes the culture of anywhere they're living. Any time in history, any family issues, any economic issues, any, any work issues, the culture of Christianity that's infused by the Spirit of God says, I'm going to tell you, Rome may be sacking the world, but this guy lived in peace, died in peace, and eternal rest is his. Contentment is the attitude of our Creator, and therefore it is our attitude also. We have great rest in that. Amen? If it was good enough for the first century church, is it good enough for us? All right, amen, for sure. I love the way Martin Luther says it. It's on your notes right there. Next to faith, this is the highest art. To be content with the calling in which God has placed you. That, that deserves a... When you get really good quotes like that and you read that, you're like, hmm, that is good. That's good stuff. So joy is our response. Contentment is the attitude of our creator. He rested in contentment. And that's where, content, that's where rest is found, is in contentment. Rest is not found outside of contentment. All right, let's go back to Genesis and bring this home. Verse 3. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. That means he set it apart 
to make it holy, to set apart, to make holy, to sanctify. Because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. So he takes a day to reflect his nature. Now we know that the Sabbath was not, man was not made for the Sabbath, but man, but Sabbath for man. We know that Ephesians uh, 2 and Galatians 5, I believe, clearly says to be holy, you don't have to um, have a special holy day. You need to reflect Christ and you need to have a day. For me, Sunday is not my rest day. You better have one. You You cannot function contrary to the word of God and expect to be blessed. You must have one day that you Sabbath and rest. We have our Friday is our day. That's our family day. You must find one. It doesn't have to be this day, but this day still works well. So he sanctified it. He set apart. He made it holy. So where is the next time in the Bible that we see this word sanctified? To be set apart and to be holy. Because we need to follow this string. Just keep pulling on it. That's what you do with the Bible. You just get the string. Oh, oh. And that's when it becomes revelation to you. So Exodus 13, 1 and 2. I'm going to show you the next time this is used. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Consecrate to me. That's the same word in Hebrew as sanctify. Consecrate to me all the firstborn, whichever opens a womb among the children of Israel, both man and beast, it is mine. Rest belongs to me and it comes from me. I give it to you and you return it back to me. I have a lifestyle, I have, a, I have an attitude, I have a nature of contented rest. I have given you that through Jesus. Now produce fruit. For the tree that does not produce fruit is cut down. But do not fear, do not worry. He loves us. And every tree that he loves, that he planted, he prunes. Why does he prune it? So we can do what? Produce more. He requires a fruit of rest. Rest is a required fruit of the Lord. He sanctified it. He made it holy. It's his And he requires us to produce like him. Does everything produce after its kind? Is that the command God gave? Are you created in Christ Jesus? Yes? Then you're supposed to produce rest. I know that's touchy. It's hard for me too. I was like, oh Lord, I can produce work. I can produce this and I can produce that. I don't know if... I'm producing rest. I'm supposed to be producing rest as an example to this entire church. And before that, to my wife. And before, uh, after my wife, let me get these in right, to my children, correct? So this is my question to you. Do you produce rest as a part of your spiritual fruit? Do you produce it? Because the Lord said, that rest is mine. You're supposed to be producing it. Okay, so as we, as we end here, we're going to go to Numbers. I want to show you this. The Old Testament got close to God 
and obeyed, obeyed the Lord through the law. We, through, through grace and faith, right? The law is not bad. The law was good, but it was incomplete. So I want to show you what happened in the Old Testament, Numbers 15. 1532. Now, while the children of Israel were in the wilderness, they're living the supernatural life. Remember, is the wilderness the supernatural life, right? God produced, he brought manna, their shoes didn't wear out, everything. It really is a picture of us living on this broken wilderness planet through Christ. That's what the picture is. I can live in any environment successfully because I have Christ, no matter what. That's the picture. Now, while the children of Israel were in the wilderness, they found a man gathering sticks on the Sabbath day. I mean, call the FBI. (laughs) Top 10 most wanted list. He's gathering sticks. This is where we don't understand God. And it's hard to. Look, I'm a Christian. I've been a Christian for years. I am a finite man. God is infinite and it exists in eternity. I don't speak God so well sometimes. It's okay if you're like, oh, I cannot barely comprehend this. Good. You, sh- you should never say, I got the market on God. I understand all this. I understand everything. But that's why we're Bible studiers. So he's picking up sticks on the Sabbath day. Verse 33. And those who found him gathering sticks brought him to Moses and Aaron. They didn't make a judgment on their own. That wasn't their role. They brought him to the, to the authority and the leadership. And to all the congregation. They put him under guard because it had not been explained what, they, what should be done to him. So we got this guy who's clearly um, on the FBI's top ten list. He, he, he's a public menace. He's picking up sticks. But he knows what he's doing is wrong. He clearly knows that he is breaking the law of God. And if you break the law, there's punishment. Verse 35, then the Lord said to Moses, who said? The Lord. The man must surely be put to death. All the congregation shall stone him with stones outside the camp. So as the Lord commanded Moses, all the congregation brought him outside the camp and stoned him with stones, and he died. Why in the... This, this doesn't jive with my 21st century Christianity. This does not work for me. I am not God, and I don't make the rules. There is a sovereign God who is holy and righteous. And what did he do with, the, with rest? What did he say about it? I've sanctified it. I've set it apart because I want my people to reflect me. And if they do not reflect me, they are cut off. Now we have Christ. Oh, so we get to reflect him even in our sin and our weakness. For we have put him on. But let me tell you about rest. Number three on your notes. God's gift of rest is a holy thing.
So in our lives, and I had to reflect on this this week, rest to the Lord is a holy thing. Not only my physical rest, that's the easiest. That's the easiest. That's once a week. Figure out a way to make it happen. No one is too busy not to rest. If you are, you're outside the will of God. Is that correct? Do we all have enough time to do the complete will of God in our life? We absolutely do. Therefore, God said, I want you to rest one day. I want you to find a day to have a a type of Sabbath and to honor me in it and to rest. That's physical. That's the easiest. That's the most overt. But beyond that, there is a state of our, our mental and our spiritual bodies our mentor mind, you may be sitting and your mind's going 100 miles an hour, right? You may be laying in bed trying to sleep and your mind's going 100 miles an hour. That God wants us to produce fruit in. He says to us, you must produce fruit in this. If you're not, I'm not going to cut you off if you're in Christ. No one gets cut off in Christ. I'm going to prune you though. I'm going to prune you. Because you will, I'm bringing you to a place And this is in the weeks to come, Hebrews. He gives rest to his beloved and he's created a place of rest. You must produce fruit in this area, in your mind, in your home, and above all, in your spiritual life. He's called us to. We have to. All right, that's all I got. I want you to stay seated. What you're going to do over the next few minutes is answer this question. Am I producing rest in all three areas of my life? Am I producing rest physically, if you want to say mentally or emotionally, however you want to word it, and spiritually? Am I producing something? It's producing the attribute of God. All right, so we've got a couple minutes. You can write if you want. You can reflect if you want. But that's the question. All right, so let's just spend a few minutes with our thoughts, a few minutes with the Lord. You can write. You can close your eyes. You can do whatever you want to do. Am I producing rest physically, mentally, and spiritually?
stand up. Not too long, you'll fall asleep. <laughs> now, I would say, and some of you may do really well with this. I don't personally. We run fast and hot. That's the way you do in my personality. That's the way I grew up. That's the way we do at our home. It's God is teaching me a behavior I have not possessed very well. But he loves me and every good son he disciplines and he's teaching me. You may say, I did really well on this. I'm doing well with this. I'm doing horrible with this. God loves you and he disciplines you to life, not to death. That's the glory of the gospel. Discipline used to be to death. He died once and for all. No more discipline to death. No more fear of punishment. All his discipline is to life. Come on, amen. But we may not be so practiced, so versed in this rest thing. So we're going to practice today before we leave. Let's practice it, okay? Clear your schedule. Everything that has to be done, your to-do list out of your mind. Join in with creation at the beginning as the angels proclaim the completion of God and rest. Contentment was everywhere. Now go through time and history and the ups and downs to the cross of our Savior and He proclaimed, It is finished. Paid in full. I have crossed the finish line. I have purchased rest for you. We're going to practice it here. Just for a few minutes. Let's ask the Lord as we sing. Lord, forgive us in our weaknesses. Forgive us, Lord, for not producing the fruit of rest. It's your command. It's your nature. Help us, Lord, in our weaknesses, for we come to you, all those that are weary and late, heavy laden, and you'll give us rest, and we'll take your yoke upon us, which is easy, and your burdens are much lighter, and you'll teach us to be like you. Jesus, teach us rest. We ask for it. We're receiving it. We've repented of the way we've been living. We want to live like you. We want to be like you. So let's practice. Practice what the angel said. Come worship him. Let rest fill your heart and mind. He's finished the work. It is finished. Now rest. Let the Spirit of the Lord fill you. If I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto myself. Oh, yes, the work is completed and done. Now rest. Proclaim His rest.
Lord, Lord, we exalt you. We receive your rest, Lord. function in this, you feel like it's a speck. It's so tiny you can't even see rest in your life. It's like, I, this is so foreign to me. I haven't had this in you. This is not the way I grew up. This is not the way I have. It's contrary to everything I am. But Jesus said, I'll take a mustard seed of faith and I'll grow it into a tree so big that the birds of the air can sit in it and people have shade under it. Now look at me. As you leave here today, don't you dare think because you've been so weak in this and so insufficient in this and so lacking in this and what I've got is so tiny. He will grow it so large that everyone can see it. Is he that great? So don't you dare doubt that you will never have rest and peace because of your past, because of the way you grew up, because of your personality. That's to put an idol above God. And we don't do that. It is yours through the blood of Jesus. And when he said it is finished, he meant it. Amen and amen. Come on, let's come to him. Lord, we come to you full of faith. Lord, knowing that what you said is true above every circumstance, above every problem in life, above every past issue. I thank you that rest is being poured out upon your people. Lord, rest is being poured out by the blood of Jesus, by the Spirit of God, and by the Word of God. I thank you that this is growing. I pray you would water that seed, no matter how big or small it may seem in their eyes. Lord, you will make a great thing of it. And in fact, we are commanded not to despise the day of small beginnings. And Lord, we receive that you are going to take even a mustard seed and grow it and grow it and grow it into a giant tree of beautiful rest. Even the statement of Jesus is it's a tree of rest where the birds can rest and where there's shade. I thank you, Lord, that you are doing that in everyone's life. We thank you for it. We receive it. You are not a man that you should lie. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen and amen and amen. God bless you. Have a great day.